This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Okay, thank you so much for joining us on this Resurrection Sunday. For those on Facebook, thank you so much. Like and share this. Maybe you're watching on YouTube. Come on, you know what to do. Like it, turn on notifications. Maybe you're listening on our podcast, the Dominion Church Podcast Experience. The point is you're with us, and we're grateful. Today, I have a simple assignment, a brief assignment. I'm going to join my brothers and sisters around the world who are celebrating this day, the day of resurrection. The day of resurrection. And I like to say the resurrection is not an isolated event. We're invited to the resurrection. Otherwise, what does it mean? What does it mean? Now, certainly it's special when it's just one because no one had ever done such a thing before, but that he invites us to enjoy the resurrected life is a beautiful thing. And so I am grateful. I'm going to take just a few minutes. It's not, you're going to be amazed at how quickly we're going to share. Okay. So today we celebrate the event that quite literally changed everything. It was on this day about 2,000 years ago that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of David, was spewed out of the belly of the tomb as a sign after the pattern of Jonah. I love that in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. Everyone keeps asking Jesus, and, and, and man, this is asked of him a lot, what sign will you give? What sign will you perform? And then he gets a little frustrated you believe Jesus got frustrated from time to time? I know that he did, right? And he says it's an evil and a perverse generation that asks for a sign. So no sign will be given. But then mid-sentence, he says, okay, well, Matthew 12, 40, there will be one sign for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now again, I love that of all the prophets Jesus could have identified with by name, he identifies with Jonah. I would have picked a different prophet. You could have picked Isaiah, Jeremiah, there's great ones, but he picks Jonah. Why? Because he's showing us what his ministry is about. What is the ministry of Jesus in connection with Jonah? It shows us that his pursuit of rebels will not end. That's what the story of Jonah is after all. It's actually not the story of wicked Nineveh. It's not the story of faithless fishermen who are converted. It's the story of a son of God running from his father. And the father refuses to give up. Now do you see why Jesus connects himself with Jonah? The sign of his resurrection is a sign that I will never stop pursuing rebellious hearts. And just like Jonah sang his hallelujah song in the belly of the beast, the hallelujah song of Jesus shook the very depths of Sheol 
and thereby forced it to spew out the seed it was never destined to contain. Can you see the picture? It's beautiful. The beating and the death of Jesus secured our healing and forgiveness. But it was this third day today that taught us something much greater. It was the resurrection of Jesus, the event upon which the gospel totally hinges, that taught each and every one of us how to live. I want to back up on that statement. Do you realize if Jesus did not resurrect, then everything else is open It's open season. You can doubt it all, throw it all away. Why? Because if he didn't make good on this promise, then what's the point? Because, again, I want to remind you, he is demonstrating for us what eternal life looks like. You cannot talk about eternal life if you don't talk about resurrection. Look at the life of Jesus. Think about your own life, the life of Jesus. He was alive before he was born. Revelation 13, 8 says he was the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. He was alive before he was born. The same is true of you. You were in him. You may not remember it, but the Holy Spirit's going to help. Do you remember? He was crucified in the flesh. But even after he died, he lived again. And I am so grateful. And this is why today is such a party, is this is not an isolated event. He invites us to resurrection. You were alive before you were born. Jeremiah said it prophetically. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you and formed you. It's interesting how we always seem to want to attach flesh experience with what life is all about. Listen, your flesh experience, Paul had it right. He said, said and done by comparison, it's like vapor in the wind. It's a puff of smoke in the air, here one day and gone the next. Now he was talking about life in terms of flesh. Life in terms of eternity doesn't play that same way. So here you are, known before you're in your mother's womb, now born and living this physical experience. But listen, if you live long enough to die, that is not the end. Absent from the body, present with the Lord, death, where is your sting, grave, where is your victory? You continue to live. This is what resurrection life is all about. You were crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live, yet it's not you who's doing the living but Christ who is doing it in and through us. Come on, Jesus taught us how to live. Listen, Jesus never expected us to be baptized into his death and burial without also showing us what it looks like to live our resurrected best lives in him. Have you seen that hashtag on social media, just living my best life? Jesus wants to show you how to live your resurrected best life. According to Romans chapter 6, we'll get into these verses here. Just like Jesus, death couldn't hold you. Romans 6, starting in verse 3, we'll read verses 3 through 5. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Verse 5, for if, I don't like that word if, the actual way that Paul is sharing this, that if should be like since or matter-of-factly. Because when we read if, a lot of times we entertain doubt. Well, if, well, I don't know if I got it or not. What he's actually saying is since or matter. So for matter of fact, we have been unified with him. It's a matter of fact. Don't doubt it. It's true to its core. It's a matter of fact. We've been united with him in a death like his. We will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Hallelujah. Oh, so now the question, well, now what? You resurrected people. Now what? The only items left in the tomb were the grave clothes of Jesus. The wrappings that were on his body and the cloth that covered his face. It is certainly noteworthy that the cloth that covered his face was folded, symbolizing that the work of Jesus was indeed finished. Culturally in that day when you were at a feast and you were signifying or trying to, to give a signal to the servants that you're finished, you would fold your napkin and put it on your plate. When Jesus cried out that it was finished on the cross, he showed us it was finished by what he left in the tomb. He had finished his meal, folded his napkin, and laid it down neatly and in order. It's also noteworthy that the wrappings of his body, symbolizing the corporate body of Christ, were unwrapped. Man, I want to preach this. They were unwrapped. That's us, you and I. His work is finished. Our work is unwrapped. Friends, the work of Jesus is finished, but our unwrapped work as his glorious church continues. 2,000 years later, we still have the joy of living the resurrected life of the corporate body of Christ to the world who desperately needs to see it and enjoy it and be impacted by its fruitfulness. Well, what does that life look like? What does that resurrected life look like? If I can and I feel like a broken record, I boil it down to three points. It looks like righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Ghost. Wow. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So if that's what resurrected life looks like, what do you think contends for that resurrected life. It's everything that's the opposite. The opposite of righteousness is works-based religion. Come on. It's trying to earn what grace has given freely. If you mess with that stuff long enough, you'll start to discover you're not living a resurrected life. You're living depressed. You're living burnt out. 
peace. Come on, is there anything it seems like to, in this day and age that is contended for in our lives is our peace. And what does peace mean? It doesn't mean the absence of conflict or trial. It means a state of being through such things. We speak the peace of God to every storm that we encounter. Hear what I said. We speak the peace to the storm. Peace doesn't mean a storm never comes. Peace means you have authority in the middle of the wind, in the middle of the lightning, in the middle of the storm. What tries to contend for our peace? It's everything that is not the report of the Lord. I can't tell you how many times I get a phone call and the words that begin the conversation sound nothing like the report of the Lord. Come on. And if we're not careful, guess what? We believe the report. Even though if we examined it by the, our hearts and our spirits, we knew it's not true. But we believe it. Why? Because it's coming out of our mouths. Like it or not, most of the time, we are comfortable and free to say what we believe. So it's full of doubt. That shows me that you believe it. If it's full of fear, it shows me that you're fearful. If it's full of hate, it shows me that you're lacking in love. We believe what comes out of our mouths. And then joy. Joy. This, guys, this is what the unwrapped resurrected life looks like. And right here in the year 2020, we need some concentrated doses of righteousness, peace, and joy. You need to turn on your fire hose of righteousness, peace, and joy and soak down everybody you come in contact with. Soak down your social media walls. Soak down your coworkers. And it's not what thus says the Lord. Just be the example. Be salt and light. Usually it's when we don't have confidence in our own testimony that we feel we have to defer to words. I'm not saying words are wrong. I'm saying don't let them be your only source. So that being said, and I'm about to finish, hallelujah, it's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. It's time to be the expression of the resurrected Christ in the earth. I want to encourage you, do not turn Easter into only a day of remembrance. While it is something we certainly should remember, if we're not careful, it becomes a History Channel special. And I've got news for you. The power of His resurrection, it is much more than simply historical. It is a present reality. It is as real as the air that you breathe. It's as real as the pain in your joints. Come on, let's get real for a minute. It's as real as your frustrations. But even more so, Righteousness, peace, and joy. And that's what I love about how eternal life works. We talk about Jesus and eternal life. That's the beauty of eternal life. It never loses its power. That's why we can talk today about the power of resurrection. And even though two millennia has passed between us and the event chronolo chronologically, it carries the same power. To this day... You can talk about the cross. To this day, you can lift up Jesus and the hearts of men are broken and tears begin to flow when they're touched by the power of Holy Spirit. It never loses its power. 
And since that's true, each one of us need to ask ourselves, if it feels like it's lost its power in my life, what is the issue? The issue is not his power. Perhaps the issue is we've gotten complacent. The issue is we take it for granted. The issue is, oh, I don't see it manifested the way I thought it would be. But none of those things cancel out what it ultimately is. Come on, we need to walk in the confidence of this life provided for us as a gift, the greatest gift the world has ever known or will ever know. And you carry it. You carry it. You carry it. So with that being said and done, I want to wish you, along with many other churches around the world, many have already celebrated it. Many are about to celebrate it. And if you're part of the, some of our Orthodox church friends, they're going to celebrate it next week. That's all right. We'll take two weeks of it. But I want to wish you a happy Resurrection Day. Happy Resurrection Day. And if you have the guts to believe it, let it loose from the day. And let it be a resurrection life. See if you can change that day into a week and that week into a month and that month into a year and that year into a life. Every day, sharing and showing the resurrection of our Lord. It is yours to enjoy. It's your privilege to share. Amen. I just thank you for this day, this Resurrection Sunday, Lord, that you have given us the privilege. You've invited us to participate in the resurrected life, that life marked by righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Ghost. Lord, let us be confident in what you have provided. Let us stop shying away, being embarrassed, or simply allowing it to play within the volumes of our history channel. No, it's a now reality. Because even though the cross did indeed happen chronologically 2,000 years ago, the quality of eternal life means it's ever-present. Yes, 2,000 years ago, but in the timeline of eternity, it's right now. The work of Jesus is always right now. It's always right now. Let me finish with this. Megan and I, we've been going through the, the Chosen series and it's been so beautiful, and I cry every episode that I watch. And last night we were watching the episode where uh, Jesus was ministering in the temple, and then Mary and Joseph find him. And they, they asked him, where were you? He said, well, you, you knew I'd, I'd be in my father's house, you know, ministering about my father's business. And, 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 and Mary said, well, now's not the time. And he said, well, if not now, when? And then later, fast forward to the marriage feast where he brings the, the new wine, the best wine, right? And she asks him, Jesus, please do this. And he says, that's not my time. And she says the same words to him. He said to her, if not now, when? And that just stood out to me because, again, with Jesus, it's always now. Always. So I want to encourage you with that. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us on this Resurrection Sunday. Like and share this. I know it's short, but I believe it's got power and punch to it. Let other people be blessed as a result. Join us for one of our corporate gatherings. We'll be here next Sunday, 1 o'clock at Historic Taylor Mill. We're ready to receive you and love on you. God bless you. The rest of your day today and throughout this week, enjoy your family. Enjoy what it means to live a resurrected life. It's free, yes. That doesn't mean it's cheap. It came at a great cost for it to be provided for each one of us. All right, God bless you. We'll see you next time.